This is Vernon Jacobs, Senior Pastor of the Embassy Church. I want to thank you for engaging with us through this podcast. May it build your faith and strengthen your walk and cause you to reach the rooftop in Christian living. Don't forget to aim high and never give up. Let's go now straight into this word. I want to speak about the blood connection as we would then go towards the table of the Lord. The blood connection, the blood connection. Uh, Luke chapter 6 Jesus was ministering to the crowds, Luke chapter 6, verse 18 and 19. Let's start from there. And it says, and they were all vexed with unclean spirits. They were possessed, but they were healed. It was a good place to say amen. And they were healed. And the whole multitude sought then. When they saw people being healed as Jesus was, you know, there were some times that Jesus walked in the presence and just by looking at the demon possessed, the fire of God was in his eyes. Those people were released from demon possessions. So what the people did was they saw such power in the man, they decided that they wanted to touch him. And so the crowds begin to touch, and the whole multitude sought to touch him, for there went virtue. That means power left him when they touched him, and he healed them all, and he healed them all. That means all of the sick people that were in his presence, he, he healed them. Some people say he didn't heal all the people, he just healed some of the people. But this scripture shows that in that crowd, all that were sick Left well, and he healed them all. Now you can understand. You remember the woman. I'm going to touch on her just now. She is my pet peeve in preaching. Uh, the woman with the issue of blood. She heard that people were touching him. And she said, the first moment I get to touch him, I'm going to touch him. And I'm going to be healed as well. All right. This woman, I like to call her the bleeding woman. The bleeding woman, not because I would like to call her the bleeding woman, but the Bible calls her ble the bleeding woman. As a matter of fact, uh, biblical scholars uh, have diagnosed and through King James Version says that she had an issue of blood. She was hemorrhaging. She was hemorrhaging. That means she was bleeding and the bleeding couldn't stop. The New Testament Greek word calls this woman, gives her a name, emoroisa. Emoroisa. Will you say it? Emoroisa. It sounds good, but you can't name your child that because we don't want them to bleed to death. Emoroisa. So everywhere she went, the people would refer to her as Emoroisa. There goes Emoroisa. And it sound, may sound good, but it had a, had a, a not so good connotation because whenever an unclean or whenever a bleeding woman was bleeding continuously would come into the presence of people she would be considered unclean and untouchable so she was in religious and physical isolation the term to which you understand now uh, isolation so a continual state of uncleanness foster into social and religious isolation I want to just say today that, you know, sometimes things can be going so well for you and suddenly you have breaking news of an incident in your life. Uh, especially a medical condition can take you out just by the receipt of that news and can leave you feeling maimed for life. Sometimes one event can affect the entire 
part of your life. Events in our life affect many, if not all aspects of our life. And sometimes when you, when you, when you go in well and a sickness comes, the thing that you were chasing, the thing that you were working so hard for, suddenly you can't work so hard for it uh, because sickness has diminished your potential to become that kind of earner or in that category. I pray this morning that one event will not take you out. You should shout amen. Which leaves me to say this morning that it is a miracle in itself that you are well in yourself. We always pray for miracles. Uh, when things go wrong, we start to ask for things to come right. How about recognizing that the things that are right in your life is a miracle in your life? Uh, your prayer is sustaining the miraculous already in your life. Uh, don't pray to be healed from cancer to get cancer or to get cancer and then wait to be delivered from it. The fact that you are seated here today, not on a ventilator machine, is reason enough to give God all the praise. If you don't believe it, say nothing. But if you believe it, shout hallelujah. We are coming out of a context of, pand uh, of pandemonium. We are coming out of a context of uh, this pandemic. Uh, but it's a miracle that God has kept you. You are a kept person. And I want to tell you that the blood of Jesus keeps you. Uh, we find that this woman, and I'm going to go quickly, uh, that has an issue of blood. She heard, you know that, she said, if I would just touch his garments. Jesus was not on assignment for her. He was between assignments. Uh, he had just delivered a, a, a man that was oppressed, a madman of Gadarenes, and now he's on his way to Jairus' daughter who was dead. This woman came and inserted herself in the line of his sight. And uh, well said, if I could just touch him. She was, a, this, the, the, the Bible students or the biblical scholars called this narrative a sandwich narrative. And you'll understand why, because she sandwiched herself uh, between the two miracles. All right? There are some things that I would like to say that there are necessary interruptions. Uh, and, and you don't necessarily interrupt God if you are not in dire straits. But sometimes uh, when you have been bleeding for 12 long years and you've tried everything, then you want to insert yourself in the line of God's sight. Some things you are not desperate enough to go to God for. But in time, you will become so desperate that you will go and insert yourself in the line of... Through prayer, learn to insert yourself in the line of God's sight. Will you do that this morning? This woman, she's unnamed woman, but a known condition. She's an unnamed woman... But she's known for her condition. And the Bible scholars, not knowing her name, kept her name after her condition. Hemoroesa. 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 It's sad when you have lived with the condition long enough to be defined by the condition and not be called your name. And in the Bible, you have so many of that. You say, the madman of Gadara. Surely he has a name. 
But because of his madness, people know him for his condition and not for his name. The madman of Gadara. The deaf and the mute of Decapolis. The paralyzed man at the pool of Bethesda. Surely they have a name. Surely he has a name. Uh, whatever his name is. Sipo. Zbu. Which leaves me to say this. If you leave some things or some conditions long enough in your life, you will be called by the condition of it and not by who you are. Which is leaving me to say that when you recognize that you need to be delivered from this thing, don't leave it so long that it becomes who you are. But go and address it with God. Insert yourself into the line of God's sight and cause it to be rendered or to be changed. Uh, I don't have enough time, but I was going to show you the many miracles of Jesus and call him the, the miracle worker. But quickly, we'll find the natures of his miracle. I want to teach that. He had control over nature in his miracle. That means he turned water into wine. There was a catch of fish with a coin in its mouth to pay the people's taxes. Now, now the Bible has something for everybody. If you're going through economic challenges, there's a miracle for your economy. And, and that catch of fish with a coin in its mouth shows that there can be provision for that. If uh, uh, there's a lack of... And it wasn't in the wedding. It turns water into wine. Uh, then I'm going to go and just talk about the cures of healing. His miracles also embodies cures. He's a miracle worker. And so if you're going through some problems in, in your bodies, uh, there's, there's so many. He heals a blind man at Bethsaida, the cleansing of the leper, the deaf and the mute at Decapolis, dropsy. The hunchwoman, man that is blind from birth and the mother or mother-in-law of Peter. And, and, and so all of those things, you can screenshot that. Then he deals with demonic situations in Capernaum in the synagogue. At sunset, the Gerasenes, demoniac, the mute man, the blind mute, the Syrophoenicians. All of them being possessed and he delivers them. And then there's the raising of the dead. We know the son of the, of the widow of Nain and the daughter of Jairus and, and of raising of Lazarus. And his personal ones was transfiguration and indeed the resurrection of Jesus and his ascension in itself is a miracle. Shout amen if you caught that. But I want to just quickly go to this. The woman that was bleeding... She first tried all of the doctors. And when the doctors failed, she said, if I would just touch the hem of his garment. When the doctors failed, she went to Jesus. Jesus will always treat the source or the cause and he never, never deals with the symptoms. Watch this. You know when Jesus was on the, on the boat and the storm was on the sea? I used to be a geography teacher and I used to teach that storms are caused by winds. Um, if it's on the Atlantic, it's the dry winds coming from the, from the 
the west coast of Africa and that wind is blowing on one side and, and there's warm wind over the ocean and dry winds. And the winds bring together this water which causes evapor evaporation and the evaporation causes condensation and the condensation then causes the, the rain precipitation takes place. Mm -hmm. You should be clapping right somewhere by, by now. And so when Jesus is on the boat and he encounters them, the Bible says, and he arose and he rebuked the wind. What did he do? He rebuked the wind and he said to the sea. He rebuked the wind and he said to the sea. He rebuked the wind. He spoke to the cause and then he said to the sea. He rebuked the wind and he said to the sea. He rebuked the wind and he said to the sea. He rebuked the wind and he said, he said this. And the wind ceased and the sea became calm. He rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, he rebuked the wind. He didn't say to the wind, he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, peace, be calm, peace, be still. There are some things that you are facing in life, you are rebuking the person, you cannot get through in the relationship. It's not the relationship that's the problem. It's the spirit behind this thing. And so you thinking there's a problem between me and Melanie. There's a, there's a wind behind Melanie. I need to rebuke the wind and say, peace. Let's be still. Are you with me? If you hear nothing this morning, some of you are going through a tumultuous storm in your relationships and you are thinking, why am I have to go through this? And you are fighting the person. You're actually fighting the sea when you should be fighting the wind. Rebuke the wind and say to the sea, rebuke the wind and say, you've got to identify the root to remove the fruit. Is that good this morning? And who is to say? Somebody is, you are the wind to somebody else. And somebody is praying right now so that you may be stilled and calm. In another service, they are sitting there with you and they are thinking that you are the wind. Am I talking to somebody this morning? And, and here you are, you got them in your mind and they in another service and they got you in their mind. Forget about going to another church. Those that you can't see eye to eye, they come in in the second service and you are deliberately in the 7 a.m. service and you rebuking the wind and coming the storm. Mercy God. You know that you are in good terms when both of you can take the same cup and the same bread in the same room and be healed in the healing room of communion. Am I talking to somebody this morning? Let's stand. I'm not done, but I want you to hold the communion in your hand if you have it. Listen to me, listen, don't break your focus because this is very important. 
the sick woman. And this could refer to all of us who have a condition. She realized that my condition can only change if I could touch the hem of his garment. Listen to me. This is very important. Please, please don't break your attention. Uh, I'll give you a chance to open. Please listen to me. Listen to me. She realized that a condition could only be changed not by the physicians but the physician of all physicians. She realized that she had to touch Jesus. And I'm teaching now on communion. Listen to me. She realized the importance of the blood of Jesus. Now I'm going to tell you why this blood is so important. When it came to Adam, to create Adam, God breathed into Adam. So the breath of life came into Adam. And life is in the blood. So really it is God inserting life into Adam through the blood. And that, that initial blood is God's blood. Listen to me. This woman said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. There was something about Jesus Christ and the people realized that if we could just touch him. It's got to do with not touching him but the blood. Because in the New Testament, although Christ comes out of the body of Mary, but the breath is blown through the Holy Spirit into that womb. So what Mary is carrying is God incarnate. And the, the, the blood inside of him is royal blood, the liquid blood that produces life. And that's why all that we're touching him we're being healed. Why? Because of this inordinate blood that was in his body. Am I talking to someone? So it's the blood. She was not saying if I could touch, if I could connect to the blood. And that's why Jesus said concerning communion, I will leave with you a tangible meal. I will give you my body to eat. And I will give you my blood to drink. For everyone that eats and drinks unworthily. For this cause many are weak and sickly. Not discerning the body of Jesus Christ. Let's go again. It says, let a man examine himself and let him not eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself. Not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, for this cause, many remain weak and sickly among you and many sleep. We don't discern, we don't understand the spiritual blood of Jesus. You are not holding in your hand a, a, a commercial cup. How we sanctify and we, he said... This do ye in remembrance of me. And so the whole multitude sought to touch him. They sought to touch him. We get to drink him. Eat of his body. Eat of his flesh. And drink of his blood. For she said, if I may touch his clothes, I shall be whole. I'm saying to you this morning, in faith, 
when you drink of that communion, you must be made whole. So will you take that bread this morning? And I want you to just reflect on what you're holding. If you're joining us at home, you're most welcome to get your cup and get your bread and hold it in your hands because we're going to pray in a few moments. Let me say this to you. You know when, when Abel's blood was crying out, the, the context for Abel's blood there, it says a dam has welled up. A dam. Uh, so, 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 so big is the cry. A dam has welled up. And I was studying this and it says this lady had a fountain of blood. Uh, the fountain of her blood. She, she had an issue of blood, the fountain. But when she touched the dam, the dam superseded the fountain and the dam drowned the fountain. I don't really understand. There are some things that, are, that you are going through, you only need something bigger. And this morning, you are connecting to the dam of the blood. Not damned blood, but the dam of the blood. <laughs>